Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, and welcome to the Batman Universe Villain Wall. This is episode seven. My name is Nick. I'll be the honourable judge presiding over this episode, and I'll be your host too. Um, and today, joining me, I've got two attorneys at law. Uh, in the blue corner, I have... This is uh, Dustin, and I am ready to uh, throw some punches if necessary. A very uh, aggressive and revved up Dustin over there. And in the red corner, we've got... John. Dustin, I know where you live. <laughs> so we've got two pretty aggressive lawyers here today. And um, in case you haven't joined us before, what we do here is... Um, I have a, a villain wall, and we've been placing villains on this wall over the last few months. Um, we've got four categories. We have the classic category, which is where people like the Joker go. We've got the B-list category. We've got the absent category, which is for those villains that have temporarily been away from the Batman universe, but you may recall them. And we've got the forgotten category, those who have dropped out of the memories of all the Batman fans. Um, today, we'll be looking at two more villains, and the first one we'll be discussing is a villain called the Clock King. We have previously seen... In a jewelry shop, an antique clock that does more than tell time. Second hands in a split-second robbery. The mental mainspring of this timetable of crime, the Clock King. Bat burgers at a drive-in. Bat burgers? Now it's the Clock King, disguised as a pop artist. Batman and Robin pop into the picture. The dynamic duo caught in the coils of time. Batman finds the Clock King's watch. A trail in the dust. Batman and Robin find Clock King's hideout. Blackjacks find the dynamic duo. And they find they're trapped in a giant hourglass. Clock King's watch was a trap. Holy Sahara! And their utility belts out of reach. Meanwhile, the sands of time pour down with relentless force. Now, uh, John, since it's your debut in the TBU Halls of Justice, I'll let you go first. Now, where will you be arguing that the Clock King should go on my lovely wall over here? I will be arguing, Honourable Judge, that the Clock King is forgotten. Forgotten. Okay, John, uh, your time starts now, and uh, good luck. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, for those of you who don't know, the Clock King was originally an enemy of the Green Arrow and uh, Kid Flash, I think. Or it could be the Flash. Um, and he moved over, basically, to Batman for reasons that I'm not entirely sure of um and sort of took him on a few times mainly in the golden and silver age and then he kind of dropped out of use he really came back with the uh bringing of the animated series um where he was turned from a character who was basically just obsessed with time into someone who was so compulsive about time it was terrible 
And that saw a little bit of a resurgence in his character. He came back for a little bit. Um, he joined the joke that became the Injustice League, which perhaps is the most successful failing of villains ever. And he doesn't really do much else apart from that. He's made a few appearances in uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold, but again, it's minor roles. He's not good enough to hold up an episode on his own. Um, and he's not really made any appearances in the comics. His last real appearance was about 2001, where he appears really briefly um, as the leader of uh, the Terror Titans, um, which was an incredibly terrible storyline and didn't really, really work that well, um, mainly because as the leader, he just wasn't strong enough. He doesn't really do anything. He doesn't really have many superpowers either. He can see a little bit into the future, but that just doesn't make him a particularly effective character nor particularly effective villain. And that's primarily the reason that a lot of writers have just dumped him and nobody actually uses him anymore. Okay, John, I think that was a good start. Um, Dustin, it's now your turn to uh, put forward your case for the Clock King. Honorable Judge, I will be placing the clocking in the absent category. Well, please go ahead. All right, the members of the jury, I, I, my, uh, my colleague in the other corner has decided to give you a little bit of back history of the Clock King. Yes, the Clock King was in fact a Green Arrow villain, and yes, uh, the Clock King has had very rare occurrences actually coming in contact with Batman. But that doesn't mean that the character is not a formidable. Batman villain. Now when I say formidable, I am definitely not saying that it's a villain with any special skills because the Clock King has no special skills. He has a motif of clocks and is obsessed with clocks and that's that's pretty much his thing, which doesn't really make that great of a villain. But we're not here arguing whether or not it's a good villain or not, we're arguing whether or not the villain is actually forgotten or absent. And Ultimately, the character, yes, has had a rocky history being originally a Green Arrow villain and being a villain of a number of other groups like the Justice League International and also having to deal with Booster Gold and Firehawk, um, more recently dealing with the Teen Titans. Now, there was two different versions of the character, so clearly the first version of the character was not something that everybody wanted to stick with. So they decided Sean McKeever, who is a comic book writer, uh, actually created the new version of Clock King. And this was in Teen Titans, like my colleague said, Teen Titans number 56. And uh, they felt as if they needed to give this character a revamp. Ultimately, yes, uh, there wasn't a whole lot that actually happened in that story. And yes, he again did not become a very formidable foe for the Teen Titans... But again, we're not actually talking about whether or not it's a decent villain. We're talking about how memorable they are. Which brings me to the media appearances. Most frequently, uh, as my colleague stated, the character of the Clock King has appeared in Batman Brave and the Bold. Now, this wasn't just, you know, a random cameo, such as some of the even the bigger name characters within the Batman universe. This is a character who has appeared numerous times over and over again as one of the backup villains in Batman Brave and the Bold. Let us also remember that the Clock King was pretty popular during 
Batman the Animated Series, enough so to warrant Mattel to actually release a Gotham City 4-pack, which not only included Clock King, but also the likes of the Scarecrow, Harley Quinn, and Bane. So the fact that uh, the character must have enough popularity to warrant a piece of merchandise actually fashioned off the character means to me that the character is a little bit more popular and not completely forgotten. But even even to dive a little bit more into the merchandise, um, even more recently with the appearances on Brave and the Bold, the character has again warranted merchandise for Batman Brave and the Bold, again done by Mattel. So clearly this character is not forgotten, but is only absent no matter how unpopular or how unformidable the villain is. Okay, John, uh, you've heard Dustin's uh, outlaying of his case. Uh, What have you got to respond to that? My colleague laid out quite a strong case. However, he does make some errors. Yes, he's got his own merchandising. But Batman the Brave and the Bold merchandised the hell out of literally anything. So to say that he's got enough support for him to be considered just absent isn't really true because he is most definitely a peg warmer also the fact that he came through uh, the batman animated series he was in a four pack yes again people must want him but the fact that he's in a four pack shows that people don't remember him enough for them to actively want to go out and to buy their own version so that the figure is in a single pack. Also, as an aside, I did a little research, and the Clock King does, in fact, have a Facebook page. Now, this could be constructed as, he's got a Facebook page, he must be popular. And then I had a look at how many people actually liked that Facebook page. It was a grand total of 49 people. Hardly the pull of, say, if you created a Facebook page for the Joker, for Bane, for Hush, for any other real villains. And so that is why, in my honest opinion, he is forgotten. Because somebody who is absent, or indeed any other level, would certainly get more than 49 likes on a Facebook page. Uh, Well, John, you've clearly done a lot of research, put a lot of effort into it, and that may well swing the case in your favour. Dustin, can you uh, bring forth any proof of this magnitude? Well, to counter what my colleague has said, um, I will say yes. Okay, the Clock King is not going to be a character that is going to be completely sought after when uh, somebody looks for merchandise. But to say it's a peg warmer is actually untrue because the four pack that included Clock King was not something that you could even buy at the store. It was something that you had to actually special order through MaddieCollector.com, which is specifically for collectors. Which means there has to be people out there looking for the character in order for it to actually be bought. It's not something that's going to sit at the store. As for the Batman Brave and the Bold merchandise, yes. That's true, what my colleagues said. They have merchandised the hell out of everything having to do with Batman Brave and the Bold. But the, the the reality is, they're merchandising the hell out of it because it's meant for little children. And ultimately it comes down to, well, who are the children going to remember? Of course they're going to remember Batman. Are they going to remember the Joker from Batman Brave and the Bold? Maybe. Maybe not. Are they going to remember people like Aquaman? 
I'm sure they will, because Aquaman was a very popular character on that show. Clock King took part in the musical episode, which tons of people have seen, and even had his own, you know, was part of a musical number in the beginning of the episode. So to say that the character is unpopular based off of a Facebook page, I'm sure there are characters out there who are not nearly as popular um, as as uh, the Clock King, but the, but the reality is, the fact that someone is passionate enough to actually create a Facebook page for him is proof that the character is popular, enough to actually warrant not being forgotten, but being absent. The fact that it only has 49 people who like him, eh, you know what, I, I don't like everybody on Facebook, every character that's within the Batman universe, so that, that doesn't make that big of a difference to me whether or not... You want to argue that the character is forgotten or absent. The fact that the character actually has a Facebook page is, is proof to me that the character is not forgotten but absent. Okay, thanks, gents. Good arguments. I'll now uh, give the matter some thought. Right, well, I thought that was a very good... Uh, argument from both of you or clearly this is a character which could fall on either side we've got um a green arrow enemy here that moved over to the batman world he couldn't hold up an episode on his own really his last appearance in 2001 apparently not a very good storyline no exciting superpowers and not a very effective character that doesn't play in his favor really but this uh, dustin mentioned that there was a new version of the clock king once they decided to have another go at him and that tells me that Someone thought he was worth revisiting. The Brave and the Bold also featured him and the animated series, and many fans either revisit or remember that animated series well. So I think he's someone that might be in people's memories. Now, John, I thought you did a great job of bringing up that Facebook, but I think in the end it might have actually played against you in the sense that um, if the character really was forgotten, there may not be a Facebook page. Um, And I thought that proved that at least someone out there liked him and a few others remembered him um and i thought you made some great points john but i'm afraid i think clock king clock king as proved by the facebook page is just absent and probably will return at some point so i will be ruling that clock king goes on the absent category what would be ironic is if the facebook page went through the roof because of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah he suddenly returns he's in the comics it turns out he's in (laughs) the dark knight rises as well that's who uh joseph gordon levitt's playing i think yeah (laughs) anyway and everything (laughs) yeah exactly anyway so that's that's one character sorted out now it's time to go through one more character and that will be the mad hatter you're mighty in Gotham, Batman, but in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter reigns supreme. <laughs> now, Dustin, you'll be going first this time. Where would you be arguing the Mad Hatter should go on, on the wall? Honorable Judge, I will be arguing that the character of the Mad Hatter is placed on the B-list villain category. Okay, please take it away. All right, members of the jury, uh, I will give you a description of the character first uh we we all know the mad hatter the the reality is the mad hatter is a character who not only is around and popular within the batman universe but also popular because of his ties to alice in wonderland by lewis carroll 
The interesting thing about the Mad Hatter is that he is kind of a deranged person. He has this fascination with the actual uh, Lewis Carroll stories and actually has modeled himself after the character from Lewis Carroll's stories. He is obsessed with not only looking like the character, but also finding his Alice, which is basically a young woman who looks like Alice from Alice Wonderland. Um, we've seen this in a number of different stories in the comics. We've seen this in episodes of the, of the TV shows. The character is not a character who has by any means had any lack of coverage. Um, some of the more notable stories of the Mad Hatter, um, back when the character first came around in 1948, in Batman number 49, he was kind of a goof, and uh, quite honestly, no one would have probably ever imagined that this character would have actually continued to be around. But it wasn't until technology kind of advanced years later for the Mad Hatter to really get some motivation for some comic writers and people who are writing TV shows to really take another stab at the character. Because the whole idea of the Mad Hatter turned from the Mad Hatter being this character who is nothing but a playoff the Mad Hatter from the Lewis Carroll stories, but this character who had technology and mind control technology at his disposal and was able to actually control the minds of specific people based off of the things that he wanted to accomplish, whether that be a specific con, whether or not that be a specific robbery, or in many cases, whether that be a kidnapping of a specific person who he thinks is his Alice. Um, the character has played large roles in a number of stories. One year later comes to mind, in my mind. He was also in Gotham Underground and part of uh, Final Crisis and the most recent Secret Six uh, run. Um, ultimately, the character by himself is kind of... Kind of uh, you know, not that great of an idea of a character, but when you play the technology into his capabilities of what he can accomplish, the character becomes a lot more interesting. The fact that he has this technology that control people's minds, it's interesting, and, you know, there's there's a lot of incarnations of this character that could have gone horribly if that didn't, if the technology aspect didn't work for him. Um, as far as media imp uh, incarnations, we've we've seen the Mad Hatter in in the '60s TV show. We've seen him in Batman the Animated Series. He was in the new Batman Adventures. He made guest appearances in Superman the Animated Series. He was in the Batman the Brave and the Bold. He was in uh, a number of video games: The Adventures of Batman and Robin, Lego Batman, Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City. I mean, the character has, has been around for quite some time and has clearly made a lasting impact that people continue to use this character even to this day with, most recently, the release of Batman Arkham City. So this character, in my opinion, well deserves to be in the B-list category. Okay, John, and where will you be arguing that Mad Hatter should go? Uh, Honourable Judge, I will be arguing that Mad Hatter is simply absent. I think you're, uh, you might be the underdog in this situation, but uh, good luck, and take it away, please. Ladies, gentlemen of the jury, and just in case, your majesty, what my honourable comrade says is true. Yeah, Mad Hatter has made quite a lot of appearances in different media incarnations, most notably Arkham City, 
However, the most important thing is he's often appeared as a sideshow. He's a guest, somebody who turns up. For example, the recent Secret Six series that my honourable colleague refers to, yes, he does make an appearance, and yes, he is some of the time the protagonist. However, it's not all of the time, and he quite quickly drops out of the series after a couple of comics to make an appearance occasionally in the background. Arkham City as well, he only makes a sideshow appearance. He's not considered a key enough villain, nor a strong enough villain, for him to support part of the storyline. Now, yes, we could say that Hush makes an appearance briefly, um, and so does uh, or Deadshot as well. But again, I would argue that those are two types of villains who aren't particularly strong on their own and require a supporting cast. For example, as my honourable colleague says, he appears in key storylines. He appears in Infinite Crisis, but again, as a supporting character. And someone who's not strong enough to support a storyline on his own. And as the honourable lawyer admits himself, on his own, he's not that great of an idea. He's a bit goofy. Perhaps this might have something to do with his slightly paedophilic tones. Now, we all know about Lewis Carroll's weird obsession with, with young girls, and it's something that's quite famous. And this is something that's influenced in the Mad Hatter's character. Uh, he kidnaps... Uh, the first storyline in the new arc, where he appears in Robin Year One, he's influencing teenagers and taking them back uh, to sell them on. And I think that makes people feel uncomfortable. And he's been dropped partly because of that reason, but also, I think, because he is on his own quite a goofy, rubbish villain. Okay, thanks for that, John. Uh, Dustin, you've you've heard your uh, colleague's argument. How are you going to respond to this? Well, I have a number of different things to respond to my colleague's argument. Um, Specifically, my colleague points out that, yes, the character has been brought in as a supporting character a number of times, but why was he brought in as a supporting character? If he wasn't a character worth his weight in gold, then why would he be brought in? Why wouldn't they create a new character or create a character or, or use a character that was better fitting? Well, the answer is because the character serves a specific purpose for the actual storyline. There's not a lot of characters out there that use mind control technology, and that's why the, they bring these this same character in. If they didn't feel as if the character was worth um, worth using, they would create a new one. We know that DC Comics has no problem creating new villains with similar aspects of other characters that have already existed. So there's no reason that they would they that they wouldn't if they didn't think that the Mad Hatter was worth using. Um, yes, the character itself may not be strong enough to you know carry a story by himself, but that's not. I'm not arguing that the character is a classic villain where he he has prominent stories that are solely based on what he is about. I'm talking. I, I'm I'm defending the fact that he's a B-list character, and B-list is a essentially a sidekick or a supporting character to a classic villain. That's why Harley Quinn's not a classic villain. Harley Quinn's a B-list character. 
And that's partially because she's mostly a sidekick and she mostly has to do with either Joker or whether or not she's with uh, Poison Ivy or Catwoman. She's always a supporting character. Um, specifically, to reference my colleague's statement about the character being dropped, if the character was, if DC Comics felt as if there were certain tones of the character that um, were inappropriate or they didn't want to reference, they would drop the character. But the matter is that they continue to bring the character back over and over again, regardless of whether or not there are specific tones that are related to the character, regardless of how crazy and misconstrued his appearance is. The reality is they keep bringing the character back because he serves a purpose, and a character who serves a purpose and is memorable is a character that is going to be in the B-list category. Thank you, Dustin. And this is your last time, John, to uh, try and uh, sway my mind. My honourable colleague makes some interesting points. I'd first like to pick up the point that he suggests that he's a sidekick. He's not a sidekick. If he was a sidekick, I feel he'd be making many more appearances than he does. A lot of the time, the Mad Hatter simply turns up, fulfills his role, and then goes away again. He doesn't tend to hang around. Yes, he's sort of been a groupie to a few people, but only because they need his specific skills, not because he's essential to staying around. Harley Quinn is essential to the Joker. They're like Batman and Robin. One without the other is a bit weird. Why haven't they created a new character? I actually think they will. I think they'll move away from the Mad Hatter, especially with the relaunch in of the DC Universe, and with so many writers creating new characters, I think we will see some of the older, less memorable, and I'm definitely going to put the Mad Hatter into this, sort of falling away and being replaced by newer villains with perhaps similar powers. I think it's interesting that they haven't bothered to bring him back in the new 52, and they haven't really mentioned what he's doing where he is where he's going and for me that kind of makes him absent i do think perhaps they might pick him up for a one shot but i don't think it will be anything major and i won't be seeing him giving being given an overall arc nor will i see him being paired up with with anybody for an ongoing storyline and interestingly enough IGN put him in the top five worst villains. Now, whilst he might not be a terrible villain, I think it's interesting to see that people consider him goofy, outlandish, and silly, and I think that's something that ultimately we're trying to get away from. Nobody, as fun as it is, really wants the goofiness of the 60s TV show. I rest my case. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. I will be back in a moment with my decision. So, the Mad Hatter. Um, Obviously, many people will be aware of him simply for his Alice in Wonderland origin. But with this different take we have with with the Batman... in anything he's featured with this Batman character, he's obviously got a slightly different take and an original feel to him with the whole 
mind control stuff that he usually gets up to. Um, Dustin said he's featured in some pretty big comic stories. That he's had a lot of animated takes, and he's been in media and video games and all sorts of stuff. And they do continue to use him, so he does serve that specific purpose, which clearly people want to see every now and again. The uh, guest sideshow point was also an interesting one. Um, he's not a key enough villain. He hasn't. He's not really strong enough to hold his own stories up, so clearly he's got a problem there. I mean, when was the last time there was a really great Mad Hatter story that he had to himself? I mean, you just have to look at something like Arkham City, where he only really features for five minutes and is, is quite a minor role in the game. Dustin is right. Arguing for a classic villain would be someone in the same vein as the Joker, and, and that's someone who um, can hold those stories for themselves. A B-list person doesn't have to be that. Um, they can just do that job, come and go, and if people want to keep seeing it, that's great. And I don't think the Mad Hatter is... He's certainly not strong enough for classic, but I think absent would be a little bit too low for him. Maybe it's just because of his literary origin that so many people are aware of him. I don't know, but I think any lower than... B-list would not really be a fair judgment, so I'm afraid, John, I'd have to go for Mad Hatter as B-list. Plus, I think the jury would kill me if I went any lower than that. Uh, so that's the end of another Villain Wall episode. Um, you can always check out everything going on at the Batman Universe over at uh, thebatmanuniverse.net, uh, or you could email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. We've also got the Facebook page, and we've got all the other feeds going on, so there's lots, uh, lots to listen to over there and lots to read. So if you're interested in finding out which villains we'll be doing on the next episode, just head over to the website, look under the uh, podcast category, and you'll find the info there for the, uh, the villain wall and the next two characters that we'll be discussing. All right, well, that's... Uh, Everything here at the TBU Halls of Justice done for another session in court. Uh, I've been Nick. This is Dustin. This is John. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Villain Walls. We'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Perhaps that comes from the slightly paedophilic tones that can be associated with the Mad Hatter, obviously. Whoa, many... whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Be careful where this line of questioning is going. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry about that, John. I didn't uh, want you to lose uh, both of them on your first <laughs> go, but uh, I think you were very close both times. They were good I'm arguments. I'm just happy to be here. Cool, cool. Um, well, I'll wrap this up, shall I? Yes. Um, so, you can... Oh, I always hate this bit. <laughs>